It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. This is another episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. So on our last episode, the first one of the new week, we had so much on the Tuatanga Viola and Ron Rivera and Redskins and number two draft pick rumors, speculation, uh, all the different reports, everything buzzing around. We couldn't even come close to covering everything. Couldn't even come close. So... We decided to kind of separate everything and kind of dedicate as much of the coverage towards one podcast being about everything that has been going on the last couple of days with Tua and the number two pick and separating everything else to the other podcast, I guess. So this way we give you full coverage everywhere we can possibly give you. So that's what we're here to do. I'm Chris Russell. First of all, thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Uh, As always, we aim to bring you the very, very, very best information we possibly can. Uh, We're never, ever, 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 ever going to be just about doing interviews. We're going to be giving you our opinions, analysis, some interviews, some press conferences, some reactions, some a little bit of everything. That's what we do here. Um, So hopefully you like what we do here, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, let's get to it right away uh, because there is a new report uh, about Phillip Rivers and the Redskins' continued interest in him. According to Tony Pauline of ProFootballNetwork.com, over the weekend, I believe this came out Sunday morning. It could be Saturday night. I'm not sure. Uh, I wrote about this at redskinsreport.com. We posted it um, in a couple of different places so people can go check it out. But most importantly, what you need to know is that there was a rumor a couple of weeks ago. uh, Vinny Iyer started it. uh, And I, I don't know if we really got anywhere close on that. It was more like a, hmm, this is a fit kind of thing. And... When you think about it, yes, it is, from a football personnel perspective, an absolute fit. If you feel that Dwayne Haskins needs a veteran quarterback to compete with, check, he does. If if you feel that Dwayne Haskins is not a guarantee to be the week one starter, check. If you feel that no matter what the Redskins do, they are kind of hamstrung by Alex Smith's contract and balloon payment of under the cap of $21.5 million this year. Check all of that. It made sense that the Redskins would be in the market for a veteran quarterback. If you've been listening to us at any point over the last two months, we've mentioned this 150 times. 
The Redskins need a veteran quarterback. The Redskins need a veteran quarterback. The Redskins need a veteran quarterback. The problem was they needed the right veteran that A, could start and be successful. B, could truly challenge, if not beat out, Dwayne Haskins. And C, one that fit the financial profile, presumably because of, again, Alex Smith's 21-plus, Dwayne Haskins' year two money, couple of million there. Uh, and, you know, ideally you don't want to spend $27, $28, 29000000 million against your cap and have it not be for Drew Brees, not be for Tom Brady, not be for an Aaron Rodgers, i.e. not be for a superstar. And nobody would qualify or think that Philip Rivers at this point in his career is a superstar. He is a proud veteran. He is somebody who has had a lot of success, but coming off of a down year, you know, you have to kind of wonder, right, what price tag that would cause and that would lead to from the standpoint of 38 years old down year, right? And when you factor all of that in along with the Redskins already pre-existing obligations, it's hard to justify saying, okay, even if we like Philip Rivers more than we like, let, let's just say Ryan Fitzpatrick, right, who's a free agent, or Marcus Mariota, who's a free agent, or Ryan Tannehill, who's a free agent, or Jameis Winston, who is a free agent and doesn't look like he's going to get, and so on and so forth down the line. Even though we like Philip Rivers more than we like those guys, how do we pay him? You know, how do we make it work? How do we go a one-year $20 million deal and even be close to fair for Philip Rivers? Listen, even though he's coming off of a very difficult year production-wise, I mean, you know, look, 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, that's the, the big number that jumps out at you. Still a 66% completion rate, still 4,615 yards, and that's with... Having, you know, a bunch of injuries, no Melvin Gordon at the beginning of the year, uh, their left tackle situation was a mess. Things just did not work well for the Chargers this year after making such a deep run the year before, right? But again, for a 38-year-old quarterback who some feel is losing it, and Father Time naturally tells you that he could be losing it, uh, and again, the raw numbers go from, in 2018, 32 touchdowns to 12 interceptions and a 105.5 quarterback rating, down to, again, 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, and 88.5 rating. What's interesting is his yardage total, and I don't have his attempts right in front of me, jumped up from 2018 to 2019. He threw for 300-plus more yards. But again, as we always say, you know, yards can be empty calories. Yards can be insignificant depending on when they are and where they are and what your team is doing. And especially if you're making as many mistakes as the Chargers did via the interception, their defense not as good. Again, Derwin James was, you know, out. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're playing from behind. You're taking more chances. You're throwing the ball more. That's not ideally what you want to do. But we don't know exactly how to quantify how much of that is situation 
versus how much of that is maybe Philip Rivers is starting to lose it. And what you don't want to do, again, necessarily, is, well, what you really realistically can't afford to do, right? Even though you have 62-ish million dollars worth of cap space, you can't have a situation where you have uh, Philip Rivers on a one-year 20, like say $2 million deal, paying Alex Smith $21.5 million for right now, uh, unless insurance gets involved here, under the cap, whether he can play or he can't play. So that's already brings you in the $43, $44 million range. And Dwayne Haskins, I mean, you can't have $45-plus million invested in your cap at the quarterback position and still not be sure. You can't do that. So the one solution that I kind of bounced around and came up with, if the Redskins really wanted to do this, was to lo- you know sign Philip Rivers to a three-year deal, let's, let's say, and have, in order to get the cap number down lower in 2020 and higher in 2021, when they'll be done with Alex Smith's guaranteed portion of his contract, and they can shave that $21.5 million cap charge off their their books, regardless of what happens this year with Alex, uh, just from a contractual and counting standpoint, is sign Rivers again to a two- or three-year deal, likely a three-year deal, and backload the contract in years two and three with larger guaranteed base salaries, meaning they count as base salary. They're guaranteed, so Rivers knows he's getting his money one way or the other. And, of course, because they're base salaries and not signing bonus, they're structured so they don't count against the salary cap until that particular year. And keep the cap number lower this year for Rivers. So say you have a cap number of, let's just call it $5 million for Philip Rivers this year, right? He signs a three-year deal, but somehow creatively through the process that I'm trying to explain, his salary cap number only counts $5 million this year. Now you're talking about Alex's 21 and a half. You're talking about Haskins uh, just a little bit there. And Rivers, you know, now you're talking about 27, 28 million. Again, still not ideal for not having one true, pure, great quarterback option that you know is going to work, i.e. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, that type of thing. But better than 44, 45 million, right? If you really desire Phillip Rivers as a veteran quarterback option. Now, again, that would have to mean that you're pretty much saying, okay, we don't trust Dwayne Haskins, but we don't dislike him enough to move on from him by drafting to a tongue of Viola. Again, all the smoke that we were talking about on the last episode. If they sign a veteran quarterback in free agency, I don't see them necessarily drafting a quarterback number two overall. Maybe you draft one in the third or fourth or fifth round, somewhere in that range. That I could see, bringing a young quarterback into the building. That I could absolutely see. Uh, There's, again, another reason why we still should, still should um, at least consider Phillip Rivers as a possibility to the Redskins. We'll explain that next, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, finishing up on the Philip Rivers talk for now, at least, people have to remember the NFL is a connection business, right? And certainly all rumors and, and signs have pointed towards Philip Rivers winding up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bruce Arians, who seem ready to move on from Jameis Winston. And I still think that's a much better chance than him landing with the Redskins. Some people have connected the dots between him being a NC State product, uh, even though he's from Alabama and going to Charlotte with Matt Rule and Carolina moving on from Cam Newton. And we know that's a possibility, right? Um, Supposedly, his family moved to Florida out of San Diego where he was commuting back and forth, all of that stuff. So again, that makes sense. I mean, I guess the Miami Dolphins could be uh, as well into the fit and into the mold as well. Rivers, to my knowledge, doesn't have any of the connections that he has with the Redskins anywhere else. And that's why I still give this thing an outside, a very outside chance, but an outside chance. Remember, Ron Rivera was the defensive coordinator for a couple of seasons under Norv Turner, the then Chargers head coach during Rivers' absolute prime. So you have that. Remember that Kyle Smith, the son of A.J. Smith, who was the Chargers general manager, who was the general manager for much of Rivers' career, who chose Rivers in the trade for Eli Manning with the Giants after Eli Manning pulled the power play back in 2004. And Scott Turner, while he is only the son of Norv Turner, again, similar to Kyle Smith, the son of A.J. Smith, Again, Scott Turner was kind of starting to scratch the itch of coaching, and I'm sure, while we don't know for absolute certain, has to be fond of Philip Rivers, right? I mean, if his dad was, if his dad had success, why wouldn't Scott? And, you know, look, here's the other thing. <laughs> if, if, you, if you just automatically dismiss it based on money, you know, you can do that. I, I get it. I understand that. That's my responsibility is to try and find out ways that it could potentially happen. And that's why you won't hear this anywhere else about the creative structure. I'm not saying it's a good structure for the Redskins. It's a risky structure. There is no doubt about it. But if you really want Philip Rivers here, if Ron Rivera, if Scott Turner, if Kyle Smith, all three of those guys with some sort of direct, indirect tie to Phillip Rivers and the glory of his career, the prime of his career back with the Chargers. If you want to make that happen, you can make it happen. You can take that risk. I mean, is it any greater risk to do it that way as opposed to taking Tuatunga Viola with the number two pick and creating a circus full of drama between him and Dwayne Haskins or then trading Dwayne Haskins away, getting whatever you get, and hoping like hell that you're right on Tua Tungavola and that he could stay healthy for more than a couple of games. I mean, risk is involved in everything. I think we know that. 
Certain risks make no sense. Certain risks make some sense. Certain risks make a lot of sense. I would say this is of the some sense variety. I wouldn't say this risk makes a lot of sense. And again, I really do believe that the Redskins would have to be creative with the contract structure uh, in lowering the cap value for significantly for year one and having it balloon in the form of a guaranteed base salary in year two so that Rivers could get his guaranteed money regardless because I just don't think he would sign without that. But yet it doesn't hurt the Redskins until 2021 when Alex Smith is off the book. So that's, you know, that's kind of why I went there. All right, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. So another rumor over the weekend was that the Redskins were very interested, as you would pretty much understand that they would be, in Atlanta Falcons tight end Austin Hooper. Could you imagine the Redskins offense rebuilt, right, with Phillip Rivers at quarterback and Austin Hooper as a pass-catching tight end. Now, you might say, well, who is Austin Hooper, right? And that's fair. Uh, I mean, I don't expect, you know, like even if you've watched the Falcons, you're watching Matt Ryan, you're watching Devontae Freeman, you're watching Julio Jones, you're watching Calvin Ridley, you're not necessarily always thinking, oh, how about that Austin Hooper guy? Now, you might notice him. You might jump. He might jump out at you a little bit. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, Austin Hooper has been to a couple of Pro Bowls. Austin Hooper is a pretty decent blocker. Austin Hooper is a good receiver who may not be, uh, well, may is, is, is not strong enough, who isn't an explosive athlete, who isn't an explosive route runner. Listen, he's not Jordan Reed. But Jordan Reed wasn't able to stay healthy, so that's all there is to it. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, meaning Austin Hooper. He's 25 years old, and he's a player on the rise. You figure he's going to be around for, you know, a good next three or so years. Now, the Redskins, in order to sign him, because uh, as Vaughn McClure, who covers the Falcons, you know, point out, you know, he's obviously going to get a lot of interest and a lot of attention. The Redskins are probably going to have to sign him to a five-year deal. So I don't know if he'll be good for all five of those years, but I feel pretty comfortable that he will be good, at times very good, in the red zone. I don't know. I don't think he'll be great. I don't think he'll ever be dynamic. I don't think he'll ever make your jaw fall on the floor like Jordan Reed used to and was able to. I just don't think that will be the case uh, with Austin Hooper. He's a different body type, uh, but he's, again, a better blocker from what I understand. Talking to a couple of people, right? Um, uh, Not saying that he's great, but better. The Redskins had no blocking at the tight end position for the large part over the last couple of years. None. So Hooper had 75 catches, 787 yards, and six touchdowns in 13 games last year for the Falcons. Banged up a little bit. Uh, SpotTrack.com does a calculated market value thing, uh, which they've done for the last couple years, and they base it on a wide variety of measures uh, and a wide variety of statistical analysis and financial analysis. And they put his calculated market value at $9.9 million per year. On a five-year deal, so that's just worth under 40, uh, 50 million. So yeah, 
talking about five-year, 45.5-ish million dollar deal. Uh, and again, that's just a calculated market value. Um, the market may not turn out to be that much. But I think with Hunter Henry reportedly getting the franchise tag uh, and with a light quarterback, a light tight end crop in the draft, meaning no obvious stud there, and basically the pickings are, are fairly slim after Eric Ebron, that I think Austin Hooper is clearly going to be the number one target in tight end free agency. And again, if you have eight, seven, nine teams chasing him, why wouldn't we think that the money is going to get to around 50, if not over 50, on a five-year deal? Assuming that he wants a five-year deal. I assume he does. We don't know that for sure. So the question becomes is, is he worth essentially $10 million per year? I did uh, ask an NFL executive uh, that. He feels that that is agent-driven. They feel uh, that that is a little bit overdone. A little bit overdone. I would agree on Austin Hooper, but you're going to pay a premium when there's a lack of resources, a lack of options available. That's just all there is to it, especially at his age. And especially, again, coming out of that passing offense. And when you're as desperate as the Redskins are, you're going to pay. And don't forget, Ron Rivera and his staff saw him twice a year. So they've extensively broken down tape on Austin Hooper. And their new tight end coach, Pete Honer, didn't get the guy that he ideally wanted in Greg Olson, who's also off the market. So that helps Austin Hooper big time because, again, the Carolina Panthers staff, which is now the Redskins staff, went up against him twice for the last several years. Saw him in living color, studied him, broke him down. You would think that that helps create a favorable impression, a deeper knowledge base than just, oh, this is the top guy in a thin market. Yeah, I don't know if they know Eric Ebron as well as they know Austin Hooper, even though Ebron's cheaper. He also doesn't have potentially the consistency that Austin Hooper has. So you're paying for consistency. You're paying for maturity. You're paying for the fact that you're desperate. I think Austin Hooper is going to get himself $50 million. I'd be surprised if it's more than that, but maybe it's a little bit more than that. Coming up next, as we wrap up this edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast, we will go in focus on another report for another free agent that the Redskins are targeting. Plus, we'll drop another name that hasn't been mentioned around here too much. We'll do all that next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. What's up, guys? If you've been a listener of this podcast, the Locked on Redskins podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked on to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked on Redskins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Redskins fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Redskins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's 
put your company right here on this Locked On Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, that's text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising we look forward to hearing from you is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we finish up the Locked On Redskins podcast with a couple of things here. So over the weekend as well, we found out that James Bradbury the free agent corner of the Carolina Panthers, who has already expressed a desire to play for Ron Rivera again, and who is one of, if not the top free agent corner, Byron Jones, maybe the Dallas Cowboys, Chris Harris, if you're looking for more of a slot versus an outside, that type of thing, but he's 31. James Bradbury wants to get paid. Now, I'd heard he was going to the highest bidder and not just to the Redskins and not just for Ron Rivera. I mean, the money's going to have to be there uh, for James Bradbury if the Redskins are going to get him, period. I mean, it's not like he's going to play for Ron Rivera for $6 million a year. That's not happening. But apparently he wants $15 million per year, which is the top of the market. You know, a bunch of the current existing, I think Xavier Howard's the only cornerback of the Miami Dolphins that is 15-plus in average annual value. Everyone else slots in in the mid-14s, low-14s, right around each other. Uh, And as we've discussed previously with Quentin Dunbar, those guys are all disappointing. Those guys are all hurt. Those guys are all kind of letdowns if we're being honest um now sometimes that happens sometimes that doesn't happen I, I don't know what to tell you I mean you're gonna have to pay if you want the cream of the crop uh, what do you think Byron Jones is gonna cost whoever signs him supposedly the Eagles are hot to trot on him that's what you're gonna have to pay if you want to deal with the big boys that's what you're gonna have to pay It's all there is to it. So, as we look forward and say, is James Bradbury worth $15 million per year? You have to say, well, is Tremaine Johnson worth $14.5 with the Jets? Ultimately, no. Xavier Rhodes, $14.02. He's dropped off significantly. And 30, no. Patrick Peterson went right probably at 14.01, but he was popped for performance-enhancing drugs last year. On down the line, Marcus Peters. Mm, He was better with Baltimore. He was not good with the Rams. 
Kyle Fuller, pretty good. Makes an average of $14 million with the Bears. Uh, you know, I think you're I, I think here's the bottom line. Somebody's gonna pay James Bradbury 15. So if you think that you want James Bradbury, if you really want James Bradbury, you you're gonna have to pay him 15. And you're probably gonna have to pay him about 15, 3, 15, 4 on average per year, which means a total guarantee of around 47, 48 million dollars, maybe up to 50, a fully guaranteed figure of probably around 30 million of that 50 million on a five-year deal. You know, he, I mean, he's that age. That'll take him into his early 30s. He's a perfect fit in the system you want to run. The head coach and most of the staff knows him. Of course, Jack Del Rio was not part of that Carolina staff, but you get the point. There's plenty of familiarity. Uh, I think, you know, there's big-time playmaking ability there. If you look at how he reads quarterbacks and baits quarterbacks, I mean, I was watching, not that it's hard to bait Jameis Winston, but boy, did he set him up and sucker him for a first-play interception in London (coughs) against Mike Evans earlier this year. So... Bradbury, look, if you want him, you're going to have to pay $15.5 million per year. Uh, I asked a personnel executive. I said, hey, I, I said, you know, look, Bradbury, I think he's good. I don't know if he's great. Uh, and the word that got back to me uh, on Bradbury was that he, uh, I'm trying to get the exact um the exact language, I, I, I guess, um, you know, basically this person said, look, the agent is obviously putting out a high number for his services, um, you know, because it's business. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, what this person offered to me in a different response was that Bradbury was worth it. And a guy like Austin Hooper, in his opinion, was not. So, um, you know, you take that for whatever you, you take that for what it's worth. It's just one person's opinion, but I trust this one person. Uh, and this one person is not usually going to say, Hey, this player's worth it. This player's not worth it. You know, but some players are worth it. Uh, I didn't think Bradbury was as good as top of the market money, but I guess, you know, I, I, I guess people think he is and, Again, that's to the credit of Ron Rivera and his staff down there in Charlotte because they developed him. It wasn't like he was a top five pick or anything like that when he was asked and drafted. I think he went second round, if memory serves me correct, uh, to the Panthers to replace Josh Norman. Uh, Hopefully this 24 is a whole lot better than the last 24. That's all I've got to say. All right. That's going to do it for us for this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. More content to come throughout the week. Yeah, we still have to get our Redskins risers and fallers, guys that are connected to the Redskins or possibilities for the Redskins uh, from the NFL Combine, which wrapped up on Sunday night. We'll get to that the next episode right here on LOR. Thanks for being with us. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 